Thought Bubble Audio. Up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who <laughs> are I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! I mean, the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks. This is the show where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Frank. Tim's off on assignment. But filling in, I'm very excited to say, is friend of the show, Kirstie... From Hate Watch with us. Hi. Hey. What's up? I am so thrilled you are here. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, excited to be here. It's fun to get out of my own podcast. I know. And just to try on try on someone else's, you know, it's a little weird that you're sitting in Tim's chair and and you know it's <laughs> drinking his beer. Wearing his glasses. I mean, that was a that was a bit much, but hey, you know, it's <laughs> whatever. I really like to get into character. I'm pretty method. You're very method. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I you're doing a whole Jim and Andy thing, and I really, I really, I respect that. Uh, <laughs> tell me, uh, what what's going on with you in terms of beer? Well, I'm drinking a little known beer called Water, mm. and uh, this beer comes served in my special water bottle that has the hours at which I need to drink certain amounts of water. Right on. Ooh, that's actually pretty nifty. It's super nifty. I actually want one that's not made for pregnant people. Mm, mm, um, mm, mm, mm. It also comes with a sticker collection. <laughs> that's delightful. So <laughs> that is the one thing that uh, you non-pregnant people out there are missing out on is all the stickers. Oh, man. I'm never going to know that delight. Never. Oh. There's so many things you're missing out on, Frank. I know. I know. I'm I'm bummed. Well, okay. Well, so so water. Water out of a, is it like a, what do we call that? A maternity bottle? Sure. I want to. I think I wanna... the the brand. If we want to do some advertising, yeah, is sure. Belly Let's... bottle. It's what now? Belly bottle. Belly bottle. Okay. I guess that. I guess that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Because you know you're not pregnant unless it's super kitsch. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No. You gotta have. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Belly bottle. Pre- pregnancy water tracking bottle. Found it. Huh. <laughs> I did find one on Etsy that's just for normal people. <laughs> just for norms. For normals. <laughs> you normies out there. Wow, this is, oh, I see the stickers. Wow, this is, I'm actually going to put this in the show notes. This is fascinating. <laughs> With the stickers and the, huh. It's huh. actually been a bit of a scandal the last couple of days because I can't find the sheet that has the stickers for weeks 26 through 28. Oh, uh, okay. okay. I'm like, what am I supposed to do for the next three weeks if I don't even have a sticker? I mean, do, do they really even happen if you don't document them with a sticker? I'm not convinced. I, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not, you might have to redo them. You might have to live these these weeks all over again until you can prove that they happened on the sticker. Oh, that's horrifying! <laughs> You're like, no, never. I hate everything. I regret this show immediately. I'm leaving. Bye. Um, 
And uh, how am I living vicariously through you tonight? What are you drinking? Okay, so you're either going to love this or hate this. I really don't know. I, I, I very much respect your your taste in beer. In fact, the first time we met was at a beer event. So that's sort of like my, my whole framing, my whole context for you uh, before podcasting was was that. So you're either going to love or hate this, and, and I honestly don't know. But I think you will appreciate this is a supersized beer since I'm I'm – I'm drinking for two, or or off air. You said I was drinking for three, which I'll uh-huh. I'll accept. Yeah. Um, this is, comes in in quite quite the large can. This is uh, from down under. This is a Foster's, a Foster's Lager. I'm looking it up. I'm oh, using my Google already. You must have seen. You must have seen these. This is this is the big. I mean, it comes in a big ass blue can. Uh, 25 ounces, 25.4 ounces. It's Is 700... it pretending that it's from Australia? It's, it's, I, they, they, it says brewed in the USA, but it was founded in Australia. Huh. Um, yeah, it is, it's a lager. It's nothing super special, but it's, it's crisp. It's light. It's, it's refreshing. It's enjoyable. It's better than, than most American lagers you're going to find, you know, in, in most places. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, um, it's it's actually quite delightful, and it only comes in these giant cans. This is this is as many. Uh, th- there's as much beer in this can as in a bottle of wine. Like that's that's how it's 750 milliliters, three quarters uh, of a liter. It's a giant can. And how uh, diggity, son. Mm-hmm. Well, I figured if I was, you know, if you couldn't, if you, if you're enjoying the belly <laughs> bottle, I would enjoy a little extra beer for for everybody. So. I do have to get through 30 ounces in this recording, so, All right. you know, so thought it's ounces, up to both of us. There you go. 30 ounces for you, 25 for me, and uh, and we'll, we'll see where that takes us. It's like the <laughs> so, weirdest power hour. It, exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a nerdy, a nerdy power hour, power <laughs> half hour, I guess. Um, so, what, Kirstie, you know, a while back, uh, over on Hate Watch with us, I remember you making a reference to your love for old movies. And I, I mean, I've, it's well documented on this show and really anywhere on the internet that I am an old man uh, <laughs> trapped in a younger man's body. I was born in the wrong decade. Uh, I mean, my favorite band is the Beatles, uh, you know, and I, I live, I live for a good, you know, 1950s, like MGM musical. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you mentioned that, you know, that kind of, that kind of stuck with me and, uh, we were chatting a couple days ago, and I think it'd be fun to kind of talk about some of the the older movies that we were we were both raised on, and that had had a special place in in each of our hearts uh, growing up. I, I I remember in particular, I think I think what I, I remembered you mentioning on Hate Watch with us was Meet Me in St. Louis. Uh huh. It's a great movie. Classic, classic movie. Judy Garland. Uh- there was this old mill in, uh, it's still there, but in um, the town next to where I lived and my mom would walk there with me every day. And I just remember when I was like four um, on our daily walks, I would like skip up and down the halls of this mill. Nice. Cute. <laughs> like singing, um, skip to my loo at the top of my lungs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Yep. It's such a, it's such a... Um... It's funny because it, it's when does it take place? Like nineteen twelve or something? It's like the early nineteen hundreds. It was for the World's Fair that year. Yeah, right, right. W- whatever year that was in St. Louis. Whatever year that was, the Louisiana Purchase Expedition, exposition. Um, 
1904. 1904. There you go. So early, early 1900s. And yeah, and so like obviously it's a time period that that <laughs> I mean it's it's it was it was it was a period piece even when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um and yet it, I have this this weird sort of nostalgia for this time that I have no familiarity with <laughs> because of this movie. You know, in uh in preparation for coming here tonight, I decided to rewatch On Moonlight Bay. Mm. I had a much longer list of movies I wanted to rewatch, but I've had the song on Moonlight Bay stuck in my head for like three weeks now. So I decided that was the one to go with. And it's funny that you bring up having like a nostalgia for a period you know nothing about because I just learned in this rewatch that that movie is set in like 1910. Oh, wow. Which I I guess I thought it was supposed to be closer to the 50s. Sure. Um, And... What was funny about it is it very much feels like like a 1950s take on 1910. Like, most of the clothes look like they actually belong in 1950. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah, I'm looking here. Yeah, now this is one I haven't seen. Um, you haven't seen On Moonlight Bay? I haven't seen On Moonlight Bay. This is Doris Day. Or the Day sequel who... by The Light of the Silvery Moon. Oh, is that the sequel? That's the sequel. Okay. Okay, I'm familiar with that one. Uh-huh. I didn't realize that was the... Okay, yeah, Gordon McRae and Doris Day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. For what it's worth, oh. William Sherman is like the OG hipster. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, look at that. Huh. So wait, that's the that's the dad from Meet Me in St. Louis, isn't it? Oh my god, is it? It is. It totally is. That's why he looks so familiar. Uh, I mean, I have this like this um familiarity with him. Yeah. So I, I mean, I assumed that he had been in many, many movies that I had seen. I'm, I'm sure if if you and I have seen any of the same, like as many of the same movies as I suspect, then yes, he has. <laughs> I that think he's is one of those hilarious. character actors. Yeah, wow, that's really yeah. funny, huh? I love Doris Day. I mean, just a, as a rule, I, I have always loved. I, you know, how how can you not? She's like the sweetheart of 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 the American fifties, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and just such a such a badass and and such a like so adaptable as an as an actor and incredibly talented singer mm-hmm. all around talent i i love i i love like the the movies with her and rock hudson are are classics oh they are the ultimate power duo where where do those movies kind of fall in the rom conjugation uh you know matrix you know that is a great question um, Kelsey doesn't have a ton of familiarity with older movies. Mm. Um, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe that she has seen Singing in the Rain more than once. <gasps> yes. See, that's, that's, um, that gives her some cred right there. Yeah, right? I, but I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. Um, it is fascinating that I have, like, such an intense allergy to modern rom-coms mm. because the... The musicals of the 1950s are, for all intents and purposes, rom-coms. They oh, follow the structure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, no, to a T. No there's doubt. There's just more singing involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They are, they are, they are rom-coms just set to music. I mean, they're, <laughs> and, and, and lots of, lots of the, you, I'm sure you know this, like, m- many of those, those 50s, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, um, movie musicals were were based on on Broadway musicals and and translated yep. to the screen, but but some of them were were screen originals. Um, but they very much follow that formula, you know. Just uh, a lot of the rom coms we see today are 
cut from a similar cloth, just with less singing mm-hmm. and less random dancing. Which is quite a shame. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, a movie like La La Land, while not not perfect by any means, nowhere near perfect, it was fun. It was enjoyable. It had it had its its fun aspects because it was rooted in that in mm-hmm. that uh, in that tradition. Um, there were things about it that I didn't care for, obviously, but I, I enjoyed that aspect of it at least. I haven't seen it yet because. I know that it's rooted in the tradition of old Hollywood and the grand Hollywood musical. And I read plenty of think pieces when it came out about how, you know, in the true spirit of that tradition, it's all self-aggrandizing and, oh sure, um, you know, just a giant uh, navel gaze at what it means to be part of the glamour of Hollywood. But I just have a hard time imagining that a modern take on that is as fun as the old timey take. And I don't want to be like old man yells at cloud about it. <laughs> um, like this isn't uh, like a things were better in my day take. I just have a hard time imagining that they would have as much fun with it. They didn't. It's not as good. It's it's not as good as uh, as a classic you know, as like a singing in the rain, for example. I mean, it's it's nowhere it's nowhere near the same. Uh, but it's it's almost and maybe maybe this is me being a little bit of the things are better in my day. But you know, <laughs> it's as good as as it can be coming out in 2016 or whenever. Yeah, I guess 2016. Um, sure. You know, it's sort of the pale 2016 imitation of like a singing in the rain or, or something was like it that. That long ago? I think it was. I think so. Yeah, it was year before last. Wow. Yeah. Time is yeah, marching yeah. on. I know, right? Crazy. Um, well, that's Buck Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, but I'm 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 Buck Wild about musicals. So, <laughs> so there, it's there's funny that. to me that there was like such an intense flashpoint in Hollywood history and film history that like this is what all of the industry decided to do for like ten years. It's it's true. I, I guess it's a little bit like the superhero movie of its day, mm. where it just like was this craze, and every studio was making them. But really, one studio was doing it really well, uh-huh. <laughs> much like today's superhero films. You know, MGM was the king, was was the the just on top of, of its game, much the way that Marvel is on top of their game with superhero films. Um, MGM is where. Nine out of ten movie musicals that you've heard of from the forties, fifties, and sixties came out of MGM. Have you ever seen That's Entertainment? No, I haven't. It I is, guarantee my mom has though. If if she, um, yeah, if she's the one that introduced you to all these things, then then I, I'm pretty sure she 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 would have. You want to talk navel gazing? You want to talk self-aggrandizing? <laughs> That's Entertainment was a a documentary. Uh, yeah, documentary clip show, really, that MGM put out in the 70s about itself. <laughs> and it's just clips from great MGM musicals from the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And it's like they had, it, it was 1974, mm-hmm. uh, and Gene Kelly comes out and he's like, oh, I remember Singing in the Rain, wasn't that great? Here's the big number from Singing in the Rain. And he does, they, you know, they, showed, they literally just showed the clip. Singing in the rain, and then Fred Astaire comes out, and he's like, "Oh, remember, you know, Top Hat, 
Remember me and Ginger Rogers? Here's me and Ginger Rogers dancing. And they show that. And then, you know, Bing Crosby comes out. And, and it's just that. It's just that for two hours. It's just the big names of, of you know, the, the golden age of Hollywood saying, like, remember the good old days? Here's all the clips from our movies. That's um, the best. It's fantastic. And they made three of them. Three. They made oh three. Three of them. <laughs> it, it, it did so well. They just kept making. I mean, it was. It was like it must have been a gold mine because all they had to do was get these old actors who were like almost uh-huh. dead, prop them up, go to the the MGM lot, and be like, "Ah, oh, see, here's like the old set that we used to use for Singing in the Rain." Anyway, here's that clip from Singing in the Rain. So simple, but but you know, and and while it's very navel gazy and like, wow, you're really that into yourselves, MGM. Like that's that's really as much as that's the case. It's a it's great if you are trying to get a crash course, uh-huh. uh, or or you just want to see like it's sort of like watching YouTube clips of all those movies, but in in a two hour movie package. <laughs> they just put it together for you. They just put it together for you. They curated it. It's a curated playlist of the greatest scenes from uh, MGM musicals. I will say before I started watching on Moonlight Bay the other day, I was looking for clips on YouTube because um, I just wanted like, I guess like a crash course. I needed like a refresher because it's mm. it's been I, I wrote a list of some of my favorite movies because I can't go into anything without a list. I love it. But um, it's been probably like close to 10 years for more than half of the movies on this list. Um, And I couldn't find any on YouTube on my first try. And then tonight, I accidentally, because of something unrelated, fell down a rabbit hole and found them all. Oh, is that the best? Yeah. What What were some of the ones that you were that you found? Well, I only ended up having time for um, My Fair Lady, which oh. was disappointing. Um, it was her tell-off song, "Without You." Oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which was a scene I kind of forgot about. And man, is that a good tell-off scene? Audrey Hepburn is phenomenal in that movie. She's an incredible human being. She really is. She's a mystery to me when you look at the like trail of devastation that Hollywood left um, mm. in terms of of women of Hollywood during this era. Mm-hmm. Because Hollywood just destroyed most of their yeah. leading ladies. Ate him up, spat him back out. And she came out the other side and like, I mean, I don't know what her mental state was at the end of it all, but her whole second life outside of acting is impressive. Like, girl has got a resume. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, like, she's she's iconic for for so many roles. You know, she's like, she was one of the biggest stars of the day. Mm-hmm. And still i mean how how is it that she is still like the go-to uh like muse that that you know you it's sort of the the uh stereotypical like like college dorm poster is mm-hmm. is of her it's i would love actually <laughs> to to write a paper about it. Kelsey and I joke all the time about a subreddit we used to moderate called Thesis Ideas. Oh, nice. So, you know, thesis idea for you. For sure. <laughs> um, the it's, enduring it legacy. It is fascinating. She's, she's, she's incredible. She's absolutely incredible. Th- that's one of the few... I, th- I would say that's one of the few films, My Fair Lady, where I feel like the... So, 
she she didn't she didn't do her own her own singing um right. in the film uh a woman by the name of Marnie Nixon did and Marnie Nixon if you ever look into her she did so so many her her IMDb page is i mean it is incredibly stacked uh because she did, was the singing voice for so many legendary legendary people and 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 mm. in so many incredible films from like the 50s or 60s through like the 90s like for many many wow. years she was doing a lot of uh you know just sort of being being a, a voice for for an actress who who couldn't sing all that well or um i think she plays one of the nuns in the sound of music no way yeah yeah um uh, she's she's uh, actually a really incredible talent, and yeah, and so she was the singing voice for uh, for Audrey Hepburn in in uh, My Fair Lady, and just like this beautiful operatic voice, uh, and one of those sort of like little known names in Hollywood who is like just everywhere and who deserves so much more credit than she ever received. No kidding. I always knew that wasn't Audrey Hepburn's real voice, but it's cool to actually. Um know who that is she's she's incredible she's amazing she's amazing i i love that kind of i, I can't i feel like i keep coming back to singing in the rain a little bit because it reminds me of <laughs> how the whole plot is that they like use a different voice <laughs> yeah yeah that was the thought i was just having <laughs> the debbie reynolds character being uh-huh. the, the yeah that um, movie is also just a perfect encapsulation of, of so many things it's it's sort of the prototypical rom-com. It's the uh-huh. prototypical musical. Um, it's it's in many ways a near-perfect film. <laughs> it was also just ambitious as hell. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, they probably got talked about a lot in its time, but that was an ambitious film. It was it was a huge production. You know, to 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 stage that, um, and to think about just the the time commitment that it that it would have taken, you know, like and and Gene Kelly was mm-hmm. famously a slave driver, um, yeah. who was not terribly kind uh, to Debbie Reynolds, uh-huh. and you know, made her she was like nineteen or something, and she had yeah. to do everything like take after take after take after take. With Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor, who are who are these you know seasoned professionals, and she's not really she wasn't really a dancer at the time. She was more of a singer and an actor, and so so having to be on par with these guys and them having no mercy, no patience, just like come on, kid, do it. Do, these are the steps. Do them. Uh huh. Um, and she held her own. Damn it. Oh, absolutely. I have watched that film with that lens multiple times, and come to the conclusion every single time that she's actually a far better dancer than Gene Kelly. The fact that she was inexperienced and was dancing as well as as he was mm-hmm. means, like, necessarily that she was so incredibly gifted to be able to just mm-hmm. rise to that challenge like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually didn't know until maybe two years ago or so that she was so young when she filmed it. Mm. That was news to me. Yeah, she was a kid. She was she was really young. Um, yeah, she... She, which is funny because she was like the same age that then her daughter Carrie Fisher was in Star Wars when she got her big break. Yeah, so it's that's kind true. of the, the cycle repeating. 
I love, I love, um, I love Debbie Reynolds so much. I, I feel like you know she had she had a few a few films that were that were bigger, but Singing in the Rain really is her legacy. I, I feel like you know in, in large part, I, I I always think of like you know Good Morning, Good Morning is sort of I think the big the big thing that that comes to my mind when I think of that movie. That yeah. and the title song, of course. But but when I think of Debbie Reynolds, I'm thinking of you know the three of them like dancing in the kitchen and like jumping over couches and stuff. <laughs> That's a really fun scene. I still remember the first time that I watched Singing in the Rain as like a full-fledged adult, mm. like full sentience. Um, it had been after not seeing it for probably five or so years. It was like a pretty significant gap. Um, and <laughs> got to the scene, uh, Gene Kelly's like big scene in the middle that literally has nothing to do with anything. He like goes to the... Uh, studio exec to like pitch a new film or something. Oh, and then you get this like five part scene. Is that Broadway Melody? Yes, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, the big ballet <laughs> in the middle of the movie. Oh, my lord, I will never forget watching that and then texting my mom and being like, "So that was just Gene Kelly having a moment to himself, huh?" Totally, totally. <laughs> that was totally like. They were, yes, it was totally just his, like, okay, here's Gene's seven minutes of the movie. Here you go. Yep. Just do whatever you want with it, kid. They Just self-indulgent as hell. Yeah, and I I will admit that I have not seen a ton of Gene Kelly movies, but my mom said that that's, like, kind of his jam. Like, they yeah. always manage to fit at least one into each of his films. They do. They do. Like, every, every... All of his major, like be- the best known sort of films of his, especially from the 50s, mm-hmm. have like a big ballet sequence <laughs> in the middle where it's just jazz. It's basically jazz music, a bunch of dancing, like very interpretive dance. Like it's it's ballet, like it's being performed fully in dance, yeah. bracketed by a song at the beginning, like bo- bookended by a song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if you work that long building the skill and then you finally get the power like you might as well do the thing hard to resist hard to resist i guess if you you do get that to that point where you have you know you're one of the biggest stars in hollywood like i guess it would be hard to 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 turn that down to express (laughs) yourself through your chosen art form um but it's funny because you watch like his earlier films in like the 40s where he's playing like a soldier or whatever or sailor Uh and there's none of that like there's dancing but there's not there's not the whole like oh I have to be an artist for seven minutes. Um, yeah, it's just like it's it's like the uh, you know like singing in the rain. Uh, it just him he's dancing as part of the story or whatever, but it's not yeah not the sort of like oh we're gonna do this interpretive thing for for art. Watch him get thing. corrupted by power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love the one I forget which movie it is where he dances with uh, like Tom and Jerry. <laughs> That sounds wild. Yeah, and it, it's like it's like the first example of where they had like animation and live action in the same frame. Um, Anchors away. Anchors away. That's the one. That's the one where he's dancing with. I guess it's just Jerry. I never know which one's Tom That's and which hilarious. one's Jerry. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Tom is the cat because of Tom cats. Oh right, of course. Wow. Yeah. That's I, that's how I always remember. I definitely knew that and uh, definitely didn't just piece that together for the first time in my life. I'm fine. We are fine here. How are you? Do you need a minute? Nope. 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 
Need to crack open a new Fosters? No. <laughs> uh, nope, I'm fine. Everything is good. Everything is great. We're, we're fine here. How are you? Um, that's in the show notes now, uh, just for anybody who wants it. Uh, there is Gene Kelly and Jerry Mouse, the worry song from Anchors Away. Oh, my goodness. I actually <clears throat> have never seen this, so I myself will be referencing those show notes. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It's uh, it's fun. It's it's cute. It's cute. Um, <laughs> let me see. Uh, so uh, which of the, um, which of, we talked about the Doris Day and Rock Hudson, uh, rom-coms, which of those you know, spoke to you the most? Um, poof, poof, poof. so of the ones that I watched the most, the list would have been Send Me No Flowers, Lover Come Back, um, Clemity Jane, but Rock Hudson's not in, in that one. No, I don't think he is, but I love that movie. It's just a great movie. Um, And Pillow Talk. Ah, yes. Lover Come Back and Pillow Talk I'm very familiar with. Lover Come Back. It's just a fantastic movie. So good. Um, Pillow Talk is probably the one that I've internalized the most. Okay. And Calamity Jane would be a real close second. Oh, I love Calamity Jane. It's such a good movie. Calamity Jane is probably the one that I'm most familiar with, honestly, of of this selection that you've named. Yeah. That one. So it's interesting for me to talk to a man about Doris Day movies because I've mm. only ever talked to my mom about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious what the appeal of Calamity Jane in particular was to you because that is, well, let's start with the question. What was the appeal of that movie to you? Uh, I don't know. I like Doris Day. I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't. I was I was pretty young, so it wasn't even. It, it, I mean, it wasn't even like, a, wow, she's pretty. I want to see her in movies. Like, yeah. I, mean, I guess there was some level of that, but I was I was like ten or something. I don't know. I I just I remember seeing it a lot. I, I guess it was really the music. The music was probably uh-huh. the, the main the main appeal for me. If I'm being honest, like, whip crack away, whip crack away, whip crack away, like that. Yeah. I just remember so many of those songs very very well so i think it was that i i i didn't have like a cd of it so i just watched uh-huh. the movie over and over again to experience the songs and that's definitely tonally a very different movie than any of the others she ever made but certainly other movies coming out at the time like because it was a spoof on the western it was a big loud rowdy yep movie so it's interesting to me because it's also a story that is inherently rooted in ideas about femininity yes like way more so than any of these other ones yes and i won't get on the soapbox now but um all of these films like all of the films of the 50s are interesting to me because they were basically serving as propaganda oh um, because in post-war america like they had this whole economic plan to get women out of factories and into domestic labor and so they were doing it through the use of media of like glamorizing the housewife and so, so, on and so forth. never underestimate a woman's touch. Is <laughs> exactly. that generally what you're talking about? Is exactly. That, that kind of so thing? the whole movie is about her making friends with an actual woman and this actual woman trying to turn her into a woman. Like that's the yep. joke that they constantly use. Yep. Um, and then at the end of it, she be- she starts wearing dresses and is able to land a man and gets married and lives happily ever after. Hooray. Um, so it's hilarious to me that that is one that that uh, you would have connected with, and not because I don't feel like men should be able to connect with women's stories. It's just like such a traditionally feminine movie. 
It's true. It's true. Um, I mean, I, to be fair, I've I, I think a big reason why I watched as many Doris Day films as I did, and really as many musicals as I did, was because I had a sister. So uh, she would, you know, she would get into them first. But we went through these phases. We were only a couple of years apart in age, so we would go through these phases sort of at the same time, where we both get into a movie. You know, at a certain age, we would get into a movie at the same time, especially when we were younger, um, when those differences don't really matter as much. Right. And we would just be like, yeah, we're watching this movie again. Here we go. Let's 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 go. Like, and I think for her, it was probably more of the the feminine aspect that she was identifying with. But for me, I was like, these songs are great. These are a hoot. Let's go. <laughs> let's sing that one again. Come on. Well, and I've had a funny journey with it, uh, with Calamity Jane in particular. I didn't really think about gender identity much as a child with the other ones, but mm. I um, I wasn't particularly tomboyish. I really liked playing dress up and stuff, but then I wanted to like play dress up and go climb some trees and, uh, you know, mess around on some bikes and do some like real dirty stuff. There you go. Um, so I, I identified really strongly with Jane because I was like, yo, I want to be dirty. I want to like crack some whips and do the thing. <laughs> and my read on it as a child was like, and she gets to wear pretty dresses and still be like uh, a loud, obnoxious lady. So and now she has this pretty friend. That <laughs> so that's funny. So so while they were they were I feel like the the moral and I haven't seen this movie in well over ten years, maybe closer uh-huh. to fifteen. Same. So so I I might be misremembering, but I feel like the moral of the story doesn't she she ends up with who, whoever is it Wild Bill Hickok at at, at the yes. end she ends yep. up with him right because yep. she the moral of the story is like. Be a girly girl and you'll get the boy. Like that's yeah. isn't that kind of okay. So that's that's what they were trying to you know they were trying to shove that that those gender roles on people mm-hmm. uh, on women in particular. And yet it's funny that you were sort of like yeah she's cool she's a badass she can like throw back a sarsaparilla at the bar yeah. and then like I love that that's what you got away like totally exactly. not what they I was wanted like, you to take her out of it standing on top of the stagecoach and right. also falling into the creek wearing a yellow dress. Proud mm. of you. Great, great. So so she was your hero because she was the best of both worlds. Uh-huh. Love that. And of course, I read it a thousand percent differently now. Well, sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, as a kid, that was my read of it. Fantastic. Get you a girl who can do both. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love that sort of, even at a young age, you were being sort of subversive, you know, without, without realizing <laughs> it. You were rebelling against the very message they were trying to impose on you. That's you were like, yeah, but my personal brand. She's it is it is very much first from what I know of you that it seems to be very much personal brand. So it's that's fantastic. That is so I love that. I, I I'm I'm gonna be thinking about this for for a while now. That's fantastic. Um, it's even funnier when you consider that I ended up like living the picture of a heteronormative life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the most heteronormative person I've ever known. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Billy Bottle. I have no idea. What you're- <laughs> Touche. No idea what you mean. Like, when I got home from work tonight, my husband and I walked down the street to our local park and sat on a swinging bench and then walked back and made dinner. <laughs> <laughs> because we needed to, we wanted to test out the walk because presumably we're going to be doing it with our infant child. Whip crack away, whip crack away, whip crack away. Exactly. 
<laughs> Heteronormative AF, y'all. Yeah, amazing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Amazing. I love everything about that. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> On the think... flip side of it, yes, yes. I have found some ways in which I feel like the more traditional movies are actually even more subversive. Doris Day films, in particular. Okay. Um. And this is not to say that these are not extraordinarily po- problematic films. Of course. Um, and it is not to say that this was somehow a more feminist time than these are modern times. Than these are modern times, of course. <laughs> I'm not really sure that that's a thing that could be like effectively quantified because everyone's got their, their drama. Sure, sure. Um, but I was thinking about this while watching on Moonlight Bay. Um, and then watching that My Fair Lady clip and just thinking of my general knowledge of Pillow Talk, those are all films in which the female protagonist is, like, sassy and unafraid to, like, clap back at anyone, but particularly the love interest who in all the films has way more power than she does. Um, especially in the Rock Hudson films where he tends to play a con artist of one form or another. Right, right. Um, who's pulling a con over on Doris Day, and then she just marries him anyway. Because why not? Because why not? I I would have married the hell out of that dude. I have bad news about him. I know. <laughs> he wouldn't have married me back, and that's nah, okay. He wouldn't have been into it, but- I can accept his life choices. That's, yeah, that's good. She Apparently she did, so. Yeah. Which is- which must have been nice in that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are so many, this is a, a complete tangent, but there are so many heartbreaking stories of famous actors who were secretly living on the margins in Hollywood who oh, just yeah. got destroyed by it. Oh, yeah. Mostly women, but the gays didn't do so well either. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, not the best time for really either of those demographics. No, not any marginalized group really. Mm-mm, mm-mm. If you weren't, if you weren't a straight white man in Hollywood, things were not going well for you. It, it was not your. It was just not your your time. No, no. Um, but anyway, these were all films where, like, you had, uh, like women who were unafraid and who had a lot of agency. Right up until the point where they get swept up into marriage because Rock Hudson is so beautiful. Right. I mean, how could you resist? Uh, how could you resist Rock Hudson if that, if that, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, sure, he's got his problems. Sure, he's a con man. Sure, he's a chauvinist, whatever. But like, have you seen this guy? Uh-huh. Like, I can overlook. Especially when he's got that fake Southern accent. I don't know. It really worked for me. <laughs> But, like, in Pillow Talk, she is not only a career woman, like, capital C, capital W, but she, like, has her own design firm. Yes, that's right. Like, she is her own company, and uh, Tony won't stop proposing to her, and she ain't going for it. Like, she really did marry Rock Hudson out of love, even though he was a con artist. Uh, but even when she finds out he's a con artist, she was super ready to toss him out the window. Like, she got rid of him. Yep. He had to redeem himself before she was willing to fall back in love with him. And she was just, like, a very independent, self-sufficient woman 
who wasn't here for any of your crap. Exactly. I just no appreciated time. her. No time for that. It, uh, it this is a this is a small this is so much less intelligent than anything you've just said. <laughs> Um, which is always constantly my fear whenever I know I'm going to be talking to you or Kelsey is sort of like, oh, sound smart. Um, <clears throat> and that goes out the window because <laughs> I'm like, I, all I think about is with, with, uh, with pillow talk is how the first time I saw it, I was just spent, I spent a lot of time. And again, this is like, the show's like, you know, I'm just a dumb boy. I spent a lot of time <laughs> trying to figure out exactly what a party line was and how it worked oh and God. what all that. So there's like a phone. I spent years asking my mom that question every time we would watch it. So you're telling me you, you shared a phone number with a whole bunch of people? Is that basically the, how did, mm-hmm. okay, got it. All right. So that, <laughs> then that wasn't weird. That, that wasn't weird at all. There well, was apparently no, like, it was. I mean, I, I've, yes, yes, I guess it was. But also, you know, it was also a great, it was like the Tinder of its day. You know, whoever you found on the party line, <laughs> you just went and married, con man or not. Oh, my God, the, the takedown scene at the end where she redecorates his apartment. <laughs> it's just one of my favorite moments of female wrath. Hell like, if no the only theory. power that you have in this world is interior design, wield it well. Use it. Use what you got. Uh-huh. It was, it was, it was 1959. It was, you, that was, if that was the kind of power you had, you got to damn well use it. Mm-hmm. And Jan Morrow, she used every last bit of it. Did not hesitate. My mom and I actually, when we go, uh, when we go shopping, like she's been redoing her house over the last few years. Uh, when we go shopping, we regularly point out the things that are that look like Jan Morrow would own them, and half the time, those are the things we purchase. That's phenomenal, and I love yeah. everything about that. I feel like I need to be friends with your mom. My mom is amazing. She I'll sounds just incredible. A plug out there for Mama P. She's the best. She sounds incredible. She <laughs> she sounds awesome. Uh, clearly, clearly a woman of of fine taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, when in, where, where film is concerned, uh, I, I love that. I love everything about that. She also would blow your mind with her um, pop culture knowledge, particularly of fifties Hollywood and seventies and eighties music. Yeah, we're gonna be friends. Mm-hmm. That's that's gonna happen. You're gonna have to orchestrate some kind of a meeting, cause uh, yeah, we're we're gonna be friends. And you that's... know, she loves a good stout. All right, there you go. It's settled. Go. And a good whiskey. A woman after my own heart. Fantastic. She's the best. She sounds awesome. She sounds awesome. Um, l- let me ask you. Let me ask you this before we wrap up. Sure. Of of the, be they musicals, be they just rom coms. Of the, of these classic films, is there one that, whether it's one we talked about or not, is there one that sort of still sticks with you, or one that sort of you hold up as like this is my like the, the movie that I think of the most as like defining my childhood, or like as like my favorite older movie? Is there something that falls into that category, or or a couple that you can think of offhand? So, if we're going with defining my childhood, I'm going to throw some wild cards in here. I would have mm-hmm. to go with The Ghost of Mrs. Muir, Dr. Zhivago, and uh, probably Beat Me in St. Louis. Nice. Um, those first two movies are two of my mom's favorite movies. I want to say she said once that Ghost of Mrs. Muir was like one of her all-time favorite movies. Nice. Um, 
And I watched it once as an adult, and it is riveting. I still haven't watched Dr. Shivago as an adult. I'm not convinced I'm ready for it. I I have not seen Dr. Zhivago, uh, and I feel like that's one of the, the big holes in my in my sort of film education. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going for ones, oh, you know another one that really defined my childhood was Dr. Doolittle. Oh, Dr. Doolittle. Oh, my God, Dr. Doolittle. I wanted to be Dr. Doolittle. I wanted to live in that big, weird snail. Yes. Yeah. He so is, good. Oh, that, I, I really, really love the, and clear, so, so clearly you've got a, you've got a, uh, fascination with Rex Harrison the way uh-huh. that I do, uh, because you know how could you not? Like what a what a fantastic he he truly he truly was the Fraser Crane before Fraser Crane. <laughs> he was the OG Fraser Crane. It's so true. It, you said that the other night on Slack, and it cracked me up because I had had that thought too, and I didn't know if I was just being a weirdo. Oh no! I mean, I mean, it's. It's it's absolutely valid. I mean, to the, I told you this on Slack, like to the yeah. point where Kelsey Grammer played Henry Higgins, mm-hmm. which is you know so brilliant, such brilliant casting. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rex Harrison is a boss. Like I I love every every. Th- I mean, as much as he always plays these like chauvinistic jerks. Um, he's, he has such, uh, he's, he manages to be charming and which is like the really annoying thing about, about that era is that <laughs> you could sort of wave, hand wave away all these huge things that, that today would rightly be huge character flaws, uh, because mm-hmm. like, yeah, but he's so, oh, come on. He's, but the animals, <laughs> he's got the, the chimp <laughs> and the giraffe and the parrot and Scott, oh, come on. <laughs> How can you go? Oh, he's so what a what a scamp. What a like, scamp. Oh. I feel like there there was something that gentlemen of the era had something about their like pretension was like more quiet or like better crafted or something. They were no yeah. less pretentious than the men of our era. They just like wore it better somehow. Yeah, it was more sincere and it was uh, more, you know, gentlemanly, if that's the right word. Like there was there was something to it that was sort of good natured about it, at least like it's almost like they didn't know better. Today, it's like you should know better. You should really know better. That's not okay. But then it was sort of like, oh, he just likes big hats and waistcoats and ordering women to get his slippers. Like, you know, those that's uh, fine. He just enjoys those things. It's totally cool. It's confirmed well, old it's bachelor. Fine, she was of a lower socioeconomic status. So. Which makes it all okay. Yeah, exactly. She's just going to sell flowers. It's fine. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Kirsty, thank you so much for for joining me tonight. This has been an absolute blast. Was your water good? My water was great. Good. I will have you know that um, I only drank about two hours worth during this mm. recording. All right. Which is better than it could have been. Because it <laughs> turns right, out good. I really hate water. Turns out, huh? I didn't used to hate water until it was the only thing I was allowed to drink. And now. Hmm. Let water be your birth control. Don't don't do that though. That's a, that's bad. Don't do that. That's not. I wouldn't recommend that. That's that do doesn't that. work. 
Let it be not your a, warning. Not FDA approved. Let it remind you to practice family planning. <laughs> the, the the views and opinions of Hate Watch with us are not necessarily <laughs> the views and opinions of Irish Geeks. Speaking of Hate Watch with us, uh, why don't you tell the the nice people, if they already don't know, um, all about your show and where they can find you and the show on the internet. Sure. So we're a show where we watch stuff uh, that we either hate or love or sometimes love to hate or hate to love or some combination of messy feelings thereof. And we go on a lot of feelings journeys and we pretty much only talk about Outlander as of January. <laughs> so good luck with that. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Hate Watch With Us. You can find our website, HateWatchWithUs.com. Uh, we have an email, and uh, we check it frequently and love it when we get emails, and that's HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. And uh, we're also members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network. Look at that. Look at that. Funny. That's how we all ended up here. That's that's how we got here today, Your Honor. <laughs> Fun stuff. I, I I absolutely love your show. Uh, I I mean I've been a devoted listener since before you joined Thought Bubble, and I was thrilled when when we all we all linked up. And I just I just love I just love your show, and I love you guys, and and I'm so happy that we all get to be friends and podcast together. Yeah, and Beer with Geeks is like the ultimate counterpoint to what we do. So it's nice. It's like we're a little circle of podcast friends. I love that. Kelsey yeah. and I always talk about how we have all these cool friends that we hang out with on the network. So, I know. Uh, you know, listen to all the shows, y'all, because we're all friends and friends are cool. I, I, I couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. Check out check out all the great friends at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. <laughs> check out this show at BeerWithGeeks.com, at BeerWithGeeks on Twitter, uh, beer with geeks on Facebook, beer with geeks gmail.com, all the any just type in beer with geeks anywhere and you'll find us. Uh, of course, rate and review beer with geeks and hate watch with us on iTunes and uh, pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. You can you can find both our shows. So so do that. Um, but you're already listening to us. So you probably found it. Probably found us somewhere. They, they like us. So that, that's fine. But subscribe. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe so you catch every single episode of both shows. Well, thank you yeah. so much again, Kirsty. It's been a blast having you. I, I hope to have you back soon. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And until next time, cheers. <laughs>